Hello, and welcome to Kingwood United Methodist Church. Thank you for joining us today. Wherever you're listening from, and whatever service you're listening to, we strongly believe because of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, there is always more to life. So I still remember standing in almost this exact spot. Actually, it would have probably, oh, I'm sorry, we're on live stream. I've got to stand still. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, live stream. I was closer to that spot over there. <laughs> but it was almost 20 years ago to the day. I mean, it would have been like the first Sunday in June of 2001. And I somehow convinced Joe Fort to let me preach on my first Sunday. I should also go on to the record that after that day, I didn't preach again for three months. <laughs> um, but uh, I actually convinced him to let me. He was like, why do you want to do that? I'm like, I don't know. So that Sunday, I actually preached to more people than the town of Murkison that I just left. There was only 500 there, so just the, just the impact of being here. And I don't remember a lot of the content of that sermon. <laughs> Shocker, y'all don't remember a lot of them either. Um, <laughs> But I did have a prop that I remember, double shocker. Um, it was this T-shirt from seminary. And the T-shirt read, change is inevitable, growth is optional. Change is inevitable, growth is optional. Now, I didn't know at the time, I was like brand new. I mean, that was like walking in the door almost. And so I didn't even know KUMC at that point. I didn't, I didn't know that, that at your heart, you already had such strong core values. I mean, I didn't know how missional you already were and how much you were already invested in Bordersville and Society of St. Stephen's and UM Army and Joy in the Harvest. And, and though I do remember one of the first things we did was put together flood buckets because I moved into Kingwin in the middle of a tropical storm. I remember we already had this excellent desire for just, for excellent worship. I remember living last suppers, you know. I remember those things that we did then. I remember that we had a real dedication to youth and children already at that point. And there were such strong Sunday school classes. And AHP was going and a whole bunch of us who came had been through disciple Bible study together. And that's kind of where we were at that moment. And, and a lot of those things are still strong and still intact even to this day. But what none of us knew that Sunday is how much we would change. On that Sunday in 2001, there was no impact service. There was no vine. There was no refugio. There was no children's wor youth worship in the loft. We, we hadn't gone through Alpha together and, and experiencing God. We, we hadn't, Margaret Fort hadn't even started Young Mom's Bible study yet. We weren't doing Kairos at that time. We hadn't been a Katrina shelter yet. Um, we, we didn't have a K building with a fellowship hall and a loft. Uh, we definitely didn't have this building that, that we know and enjoy so much. Um, we, we hadn't been through Harvey. We hadn't been through Imelda. We hadn't been through a pandemic. We, we hadn't created an Oasis foster care ministry. We, we didn't have an anti-human traffic. None of those things existed at all. 
And, and standing here and looking at all that, all of that amazing growth that's happened over these years. Yes, growth, not just change. Growth. So, so with all these thoughts of, of growth and change swirling around, I began to pray about a scripture that, that we could use today that God's Holy Spirit could speak through. And, and it led me to, he led me to, a familiar and beautiful passage. It comes out of Ephesians 2. It's Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 10. Because of God's great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in the kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it's by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to use, for us to do. And, and I have to admit that, that even when God put that scripture on my heart to, to bring into this worship service today, I did not even fully realize until later in the week the impact that this service and this scripture was going to have on me. When you start going back through those verses, in verse 4, it says from the very beginning, because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy. Who is us in that sentence? That's a critical question to where this is all about to go. Who is us? Is it just us believers? Is it us Jews? Is it us Christians? The question holds the key to the aha moment that's about to come. But first, as, as we're learning and hearing about that is, we get this great view of this amazing God who is at the heartbeat of the change and the growth, who is so rich in mercy. Mercy means you don't get what you deserve. He's so rich in mercy to give us so much more than we deserve. In fact, even in the middle of our sin, even in the middle of our turning from him, he brings us, there's us again, he makes us alive in Christ even when we're dead. And then by grace, grace, grace mercy is when we don't get what we deserve. Grace is when we get what we don't deserve. It's this, this abundant blessing of God's love in our lives that, that we don't earn, that we're not really worth except that God says we are through his grace. By grace through faith. I, I love how God wants us to be faithful to him. I wanted to sing that song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Um, but I love how God wants us to be faithful to him too. I always think one of my favorite stories about our faithfulness to God is all the way back in Genesis it's, it's God calling Abram. It's back in Genesis chapter 12. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I'll make you into a great nation, and I'll bless you. I'll make your name great, 
and you'll be a blessing. And you know what? He went. He just went. God said go. And he went. But I love when you get over to chapter 15. And, and, and God or Abram, and Abram are having this wonderful conversation that, that, that is so personal between the two of them. And, and, and Abram is worried about his descendants and his heirs and how that's all going to work. And, and then God pulls him out of the tent where he's staying. He takes him outside and he says, Abram, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Those are verse 5 and 6. In verse 12, same chapter, it says, As the sun was setting, God took Abram outside during the day and asked him to count the stars that he couldn't see. And he believed. And he went. He was faithful. Thanks again for joining us for today's message. We will return to the sermon in a moment, but first, we would like to ask for you to rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. We believe God is doing some amazing things here at KUMC, and your feedback helps our church to reach new listeners that we wouldn't otherwise be able to reach. Now, let's get back to the work. draws out of us. But even in those verses in Ephesians 2 when it says that by grace and faith we, we sometimes put the credit on ourselves. Oh, I've got great faith in God. There's another way to translate that where, because it says this is not even ours. God gives us the faith we need. And there's another way of looking at that that says it's the faithfulness that God has for us through Christ that makes this saving grace possible in our lives. Grace faith. And then these responsive works, not works where we earn God's love, but works where we are so overcome by God's love that we want to go out and serve, that we want to be a part of the church, that we want to go out and align ourselves with his will and do whatever he calls us to do. Because he's, we're his handiwork, his masterpiece. He's crafted and created every single one of us with unique, beautiful gifts that are part of this thing called body, this thing called church. And they're gone out to, to be shaped and formed and used all as we're asked. And, and so this idea of being crafted and created so that we are useful and purposeful for God is one that rests so closely to my heart. Because every single one of us is called to go and to be who we are for the Lord. Now... This is really where it gets interesting to me. <laughs> you see, because you can just look at that so far. Saved by grace through faith. You're given works. You go to these works. And, and, and that's all great and fantastic. Justified by faith and working and strong church and all that. But I don't know if any of y'all remember this study we did, Maximum Faith. 
In this study, Maximum Faith, it talks about these transformational stops that we go through along our lives. We're, we're unaware of sin. We're indifferent to sin. We're, we, we hit a point where we feel bad about our sin. And, and then we're forgiven. And then as forgiven people, we become a part of this thing called church. And we get busy, and we do. But that's only stop five of ten. That only gets us part way to this great place that God wants us to be. What takes us the rest of the way? What takes us into holy discontent? What takes us into being broken for God? What takes us into surrender and submission and really loving the profound love for God and for others? It's the us. Because you see, the us in that scripture is Gentiles and Jews. It's the us. It's not just for one group of people. It's this profound God and coming together so that what we have aligned and together and united in Christ is of this important. And the things that separate us, that are different about us, are down here. God is calling us to realize that being united in Christ is so much more important than anything that separates us from one another. And that if we live into that as church, we become a church that is mighty and powerful and glorifying God in what we're doing because we are working together in alignment. When it says Jews and Gentiles, that's everybody at that point. If you weren't a Jew, you were a Gentile. If you weren't a Gentile, you were a Jew. That's everybody. Everybody come into the table. It's Paul going, grace and peace. Bring Gentiles and Jews together. It's this us that has transformed Kingwood United Methodist Church. Fast forward. Actually, I guess go backward from before we did Maximum Faith. We did this thing called Built Together. Y'all remember that one? That, that was the capital campaign that we did to get this whole long-range plan building thing underway. Anybody remember what the, the, the verse was, the guiding verse? Richard, I know you do. Yeah, I need you to raise your hand. <laughs> it's Ephesians 2. It's the same section. It's Ephesians 2, 19 to 22. Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household, built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together, become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Who's the temple? It's the same us. That's not just a word for you and I sitting in these pews. That's to say that God is building something incredible when we are willing to love the us, when we are willing to see and be discontent about what's going on in the world and get out there in the middle of it and do something about it as we are led. That's what, that's what God did to create discontent with us and when we became a Katrina shelter. That, that's what he did when he started sending us into prison units and seeing what was going on in people's lives and what we could do about that. And, and he did it in, in a beautiful way through those verses. And, and then as we were opening this building, as we were living into what it began to be a, built up as a temple, to be brought together and connected as a people, you remember we read through the Bible together. Y'all remember that? 
and we consecrated the classrooms. And we had our first Haiti meal packing event because we said when we move into something like this, we're not just brick and mortar in this thing. It's got to be prayer. It's got to be scripture. It's got to be fellowship. It's got to be service. That's Kingwood United Methodist Church. And that's what we've lived into, but, but it didn't stop there either. We've, we have learned how to love so deeply. We have been crafted and made for profound discontent and profound love. And when we are filled like that, when we are filled with Scripture, when we are filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit, when we are filled with a desire to serve and submit and lift others up in encouragement, then we become discontent and we become broken and we do something about it. We love. We have traveled through natural disaster together. And we've responded to them immediately, but we've also stuck around to help people. To not just say, let's go get your carpet up and better luck next time. We've walked in relationship beside one another. We've had people come forward when people started being impacted by the COVID stuff and saying, how can we help? How can we be a part of that? We've become discontent with food crises in Tanzania and Haiti. So we pack meals and we send food. We become discontent about human trafficking being in our city. And so we join the Freedom Church Alliance and we go out to work at Freedom Place. We become discontent with the impact of neglect and trauma on children. And we plunge into the foster care system. And it's messy. And you love deeply. And if you saw the email that we sent out this week about how things have just fallen apart with our relationship with a fresh start, just know how devastated we are. How quickly it seemed to go from here we are doing monthly mission offering and people coming forward to help to them not even existing anymore. And the boys are hurting, and we're hurting. But I'm so proud. I'm so proud of our willingness to hurt. I'm so proud of our willingness to love. I'm so proud of our willingness to be discontent. There are people in our church right now, they're discontent with people being treated differently because of the color of their skin or whatever. They, they see a new us, an us that isn't just based on those of us who are here or those of us who are watching. That They see a new us that's more like Jew and Gentile and male and female and slave and free that's described in the Bible. And it's an us that God is pushing us toward. I have watched us, I have watched, I'm about to have to steal a napkin that we're supposed to be using for bread. (laughs) Sorry, communion servers. (laughs) I thought I was going to hold it together. (laughs) 
you know, at the end of last year, we were mentioned in three different year-end reports. Disaster response, foster care, trafficking. Why do I say that? Not so that we get the glory, never. But to say this to you, my friends. You need to be leaders. You need to be a church that's never afraid to lead. You never need to be content with being a building at 1799 Woodland Hills Drive. You need to keep going to Tanzania. You need to keep loving. You need to keep being the light on the hill and allowing the light of Christ to shine through you like I see it shine through you all the time. You got it in you. And it comes out of you. Hello, Jay Gardner. I'm so glad you're better. We have a whole bunch of them and us's that need to be overcome. Pick your favorite category of difference. And find ways to move it to here. To where the us is defined by how we're united in Christ. And that that becomes the way that we treat one another. Out of love. Because that's what we're crafted to be. People of love. People who are united in Christ. I hope you never settle for anything less. Nothing less. You know, there's a great way that we celebrate our unity in Christ. It's called Holy Communion. It's a way that as brothers and sisters, as those who are just longing to receive this gift of grace that is being offered to us, come together in a moment like this. And, and I, love, I love being a part of the United Methodist Church at this moment because I love that this is a moment where us isn't determined by whether you're a member of the church or not. Us isn't determined by if you got your act all cleaned up. Us is just represented by your willingness to come and receive the grace of God that we celebrate in communion. That's it. And so, God, as we move into this part of our service, we know that we're imperfect. We know that we mess up all the time. We know that there are so many times that you call us out to look at the stars, and we don't. Or we look and we're puzzled because we don't see anything and and we don't trust you completely. We know that there are times that that we're walking down the sidewalk and, and something happens right before us and we just step over and go on instead of stopping and realizing there's so many places that we don't see you and we don't hear you. God, forgive us, please. And help us to know that forgiveness. Help us to know that 
that you are freeing us, that you are restoring us, that you are bringing about in us new life so that we do not have to be held under the grip of sin and death, but that we are embracing the forgiveness that you have for us and the assurance of that so that we can live and we can live fully and we can hurt and we can be broken and we can find the profound love of God and neighbors. Help us, Lord. Help us to hear that good news, even today, as we're gathered in this place, through you and none other. We love you, God.